they decide that they want to raise money to buy a, a settee, a sofa, for the hospital. And to do it, they decide to pose nude for a calendar. And the end result being that they raise enough money to not only buy a settee, but to put a wing on the hospital. And as I said, it's a true story. Welcome again to Razzle Dazzle Radio. And it's springtime, yay! And that means we get out more, yay! And of course, when we get out, we wanna see theater. So the focus of our show today is theater, directors, actors, podcast producers, and everyone who just loves the show. Welcome again to Mo Dutterer, who's joining us from South Carolina, to Mark Beachy, to Connie Ross, and of course, my dear friend, Judy Templeton, who's gonna take it away. Yay, there is no business like show business and we're coming back. There is nothing like live theater. The first performance that I got to see after this two years of quarantining was a dance concert at HCC. And I literally wept with joy at just seeing real people on a real stage. And so I'm super excited to be in the midst of those that are helping to make the magic happen again. And so I first want to introduce Connie Ross. And Connie, you're a legend to me. You truly are. And I've followed you through all. I've seen, I'm pretty sure I've seen most of the shows you've been in 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 Howard County. Now there may be some more and beyond. So um, let's just talk to you first. And we like to talk about the past, present and future. So how in the world did you get into this crazy thing called theater? Well, first off, thanks for having me today. Thank you. I am originally from a little town in Indiana. And I did my first show in the seventh grade on, if anyone's seen the movie Hoosiers, I grew up in Nicetown, Indiana, and that film was filmed in the little tiny gym that uh, is three houses down from where I grew up. And <laughs> on that little tiny stage is where I did my first show, and it was the Mikado, and I fell in love with theater and did all the little musicals throughout high school and when I say little we were as I said a town of 3,000 so they were tiny little shows and I auditioned for music at Indiana University and got in and studied music and theater at IU decades ago and ended up going into the army because that's what my dad said I should do and started doing theater and music I ended up in Monterey, California for nine years and met a a wonderful director there, Michael Cheek, and he took me under his wing. And I just did shows back to back. It was not unusual for me to be in a show and rehearsing two others at the same time. So by the time I hit Howard County, I had done just dozens and dozens and dozens of shows. And when I got here, I met a director, Paul Sekulik, who took me under his wing, and I got to do many, many more shows. And then I met Mo Dutter, and I got to do many, many more shows with him. And that's when and it all started to fall apart. Exactly. <laughs> and so I have just 
I've been so fortunate that I have done just literally dozens and dozens and dozens of shows. And I was sitting in the audience one day watching the show and I leaned into my husband, Ron. And I have to tell you, I said, I, I will never come off stage. I will die on stage. And I really and truly did think that because that's what I do. I'm a singer and I act and that's what I do. And I leaned into Ron at this performance one day and said, oh, my God, I could so have directed that show so much better. And he didn't miss a beat. And he said, then why don't you direct? And it was like this moment. Dun, I went, dun, dun, dun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I went, oh, my gosh. So why don't I direct? I've got all this experience on stage and I know how to. I know what it's supposed to be. And so I started directing. My first show was at the Barn Theater over at Catonsville Community College. And then Mo gave me some opportunities and I started directing at CCP, which was Columbia Community Players. And from there, I think Calendar Girls is my 24th show. And I think we'll talk about Calendar Girls in a little bit. Oh, so, yes, uh, we will. That's yeah. the future and, part. <laughs> That's yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've been directing for a few years now. And uh, I still do a show occasionally, but yeah, I came off stage, so. <laughs> That's exciting when that turns. So yeah. our other guest, Mark Beachy, I go way back with. I mean, I remember you <laughs> since you were a kid. And but you did great. <laughs> he, he did great magnanimous things when he was a kid. He would run his own theater by 19 or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And he was a student of Mr. Dutterer, as he still refers to him. And so you really have made a change in your career. Of course, you used to do the Maryland Theater Guide. And so I'm, I'm not sure. Are you still doing that before we talk about your shift in careers? I'm not still doing the Maryland Theater Guide. However, I still talk with the, the current publisher and editor once a week just to catch up and to give advice and to just motivate her to continue doing a great job. That's great. That's so good that you stay involved. Yeah. So I'm going to let Mr. Dutterer get the goods from you since you two go way back. That's wonderful, Mr. Beachy. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Dutterer. Mark Mark, Mark comes from a very talented performing arts family, first of all. And, you know, I think that we are all products of our environment. And I think Mark is a product of his environment that he grew up around seeing his dad and mom and people that were, were involved in theater do their thing and said, yeah, it looks like fun. I think I'll do it. But not only is he a wonderful actor, singer and dancer, but he also writes and composes music. Because I happened to be in one of Mark's shows that he wrote the music and the lyrics and the, the dialogue for. And uh, he's very talented in that area as well. And so, you know, performing arts-wise, he's good. And he was in a show at Centennial High School back, I think it was 1994 was the year of the show, that Judy Templeton is very familiar with. And that is Sugar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Mark played Sir Osgood Fielding in that production. And then later on, as Connie knows, under duress, 
we had our when I did it at uh, Shadow Block Productions, I think it was still then before we yeah, went still. to right. Silhouette. Right. We had Osgood Fielding think out on us. And two weeks before the show, Momo took over the part. So, Mark, you and I have something in common there also, rather than just being student and director. Well, so, you could say that you both fit into the same high-heeled shoe, right? <laughs> no, he didn't play that part. Oh, that's he, he, right. Okay, that's right. Sir Osgood that's right. Fielding was the old guy. Right, right, right. Okay. So, that I fit and Mark didn't, but uh, he played <laughs> extremely well. Um, yeah, that was um, one of my favorite roles of all time, Sir yes. Osgood Fielding. I just loved playing this old, old man. <laughs> and it, well, and it, the thing is with Mark, I, I almost said he's undirectable, but that's not correct. He is a guy that you really don't need to direct. He knows the rules. He knows what's to be done. And I think that's what really parlayed him into the composing and the directing and the writing and the whatever, because he had those skills. And then Maryland Theater Guide became uh, another thing that he jumped into and did that for a number of years very, very successfully. So did you graduate in 94, Mark? 1994, I graduated. Right. Okay. And then when did you get into your now passion? Well, the now passion is Chinese. Exactly. I was hoping you were going to say that. (laughs) But it's not it's not Chinese theater, right? It is. Tell us specifically what it is. Well, it's it's really everything to do with Chinese. It's I speak Chinese. I paint Chinese brush paintings. I sing Chinese folk songs. And um, I just received the Fulbright scholarship to go to Taiwan for 11 months where I will be teaching English and I will be opening up a drama club in Taiwan. Congratulations. That is amazing. I think you're like 10 people wrapped up in one. (laughs) My goodness. So you just woke up one day and said, well, I've done my thing with theater. I think I'm going to learn all about Chinese and the culture. How'd that work? Well, (laughs) it's just one of those things. I, you know, just wanted a challenge. I needed something that would really (laughs) challenge me. And so I started to teach on myself Chinese and I found myself studying three hours a day and it wasn't painful. And so I decided to go to college and get a degree in Chinese. Now, Mark, I'm not saying that you're fi- you're fibbing to us at all, but I want to hear you speak Chinese. I want to hear you say, good morning, y'all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Daja hao. <laughs> okay, he got Who knows? you. Save to you, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That is truly amazing. I just I love that you are a person that has literally lived your dreams to quote that cliche, but you really have, Mark. I mean, you are such an inspiration. You mean you figure it out and you go for it. So it all revolves around theater. I I love everything to do with theater, where it whether it's writing, directing acting, choreography, lighting, sound design, everything I love. Well, I think we're all connected here on that. On that, Yep, I think we all certainly have that connection. But I don't know that I've gone as far as you. (laughs) I don't have a scholarship. (laughs) But uh, that is so wonderful. I I applaud you. Mark, I I want to add one more thing in. I'm not sure if you have any of them posted on Facebook, but he is 
a stunning artist also, and has done many, many Chinese-influenced types of paintings. Correct, Mark? That's correct. At UMBC, I took a class on Chinese brush painting, fell in love with it. And so it's one of those things that's just very relaxing to do, painting cats or mountain scenes, waterfalls, bamboo, you name it. I paint it in the style of the ancient Chinese brush paintings. Wow. You are a true Renaissance man. That is for sure, Mark. Oh, my goodness. Jack of all trades, master of none. uh, I don't know about that. So when Uh do you leave? August. Okay. I'll leave in August and I'll be staying in a hotel for 10 days where I'll be quarantined. And from there, it's about time. It's about time. (laughs) And then I'll be teaching for almost a year. And as well as starting the drama club is all part of the Fulbright scholarship. Will you be able to do a podcast or continue? I can. Oh yeah. They have internet in Taiwan. I'll be able to do anything. (laughs) I'd like to say he's been my editor for a couple of years before Lynn took over. I appreciate your editing. And uh, I guess I have a question for you. When you look at a show like Connie's doing Calendar Girls and directing, how do you approach that as a critic? As a critic, it's important to educate yourself before you go. So you at least know the plot, the characters, a little bit about the history of the show, awards it's, mm-hmm. it has won. But I'll tell you, sometimes there's a show where you know it wins all sorts of awards and I'll go and see it and I'll be like, hmm, it's, it isn't my cup of tea. But that's the nice thing about theater, isn't it? That there's a show for everybody to enjoy. Like coming up at Toby's is Rocky the Musical. So the, oh, yes, the, we've interviewed. <laughs> yeah. So the people that are into sports might be interested in Rocky the Musical, whether, you know, and they might not be interested in, let's say, the Secret Garden, but they'll be interested in Rocky. And that's the beauty about theater. So it's important to, to know what you're going into. Now, I've seen Calendar Girls before, and it is an amazing show. I saw it at Silver Spring Stage a couple of years ago, and they do a fabulous job. Actually, it was the Colonial Players of Annapolis. Excuse me. It was, okay. it was, it was that group. It was in the, round, in the round. In the round. <laughs> in the round that I saw. It. And Silhouette Stages always does a fabulous job, so I know it's going to be good. Oh, absolutely. And there's another link here, of course, is that we go back to Mo, and of course, he mentioned Shadow Block, which was one of the first names and then we go into the change of name with silhouette stages and of course he was the original director and producer of all that and now passed the baton to jeremy and so let's since you did mention calendar girls mark let's go ahead and tap into that because it's coming up this is the first weekend coming and it runs through to the middle of april i believe so Tell us about Calendar Girls because it started two years ago. Weren't you ready to go on stage right before the pandemic, Connie? This could actually be a play or a musical in itself. And I would call <laughs> it the saga of Connie's Calendar Girls. Okay, there I, you I go. It right. would be two years long. A play yeah, within a play. Is, yes. This is the longest labor I've ever had. Yes, I'm ready to birth, birth this baby, so... Yeah, we were actually in uh, Tech Week and got shut down. We had about 30 minutes to come into Slayton House and move everything out. So Mm. it was tough. And there were a lot of tears and a lot of everything. 
and the cast came together and said, we will hold tight and we're all going to do the show. And for the most part, I have my original cast. I lost a few. One I lost was a gal from California who had a benefactor. And unfortunately, the benefactor passed away. And so she lost her source of money to come back this time. And then I lost a couple of others because of work-related issues. But I have a tremendous cast. And so we open on Friday night and we run for three weekends. So we open the 18th of March and we close, I believe, on the 3rd of April. So labor of love is a good way to put it. And a long, <laughs> long labor. <laughs> um, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's a wonderful show. And when I brought it to the board as uh, a show that I wanted to do, Debbie Mobley and I had already directed Full Monty. So I figured it was time for the women to do their thing. <laughs> so brought it forward to the board and uh, got approval to do it. And for those folks that don't know anything about it, this is a true story about six women who belong to the WI, which is an organization that was founded in 1915 in England and in the UK. And it's an organization uh, based on friendships and, and community involvement. And these women, one of the women loses her husband to cancer and they decide that they want to raise money to buy a, a settee, a sofa for the hospital. And to do it, they decide to pose nude for a calendar. And the end result being that they raise enough money to not only buy a settee, but to put a wing on the hospital. <laughs> and as I said, it's a true story. And this particular play has been running for decades all over the world. And it's actually been made into a musical now and it's running in England and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful show. I think the audience will laugh. I think there'll be some tears and the cast that I have is amazing and I can't wait for the audience to see it. And I hope people will venture out and come. They do have to show their Vax cards, but masks are optional at Slayton House. So as Celia says, come out and join the women of the WI for a little debauchery. So <laughs> that's yeah, probably I, what's going to get them. <laughs> yes. I actually think this is sort of a landmark show, definitely for silhouette stages, because we've been dark for over two years now, almost two years exactly. Two years, yes. And to see whether the people will come out. I mean, they've been coming out to Toby's for a long time now. Right. And they've been, they've have less tables and less seats there and there is some protocol but at the same time you know people are coming out so i'm hoping like a dickens they come out to see calendar girls when was it copywritten connie what was the date the one that was first presented in 2008 okay really okay yeah now how did you work as we all know but the listening audience may not we have to pay a royalty to the god up in new york city <laughs> to be able to do a play or to do a musical. Musicals right. are much more expensive than our straight plays. And they depend how much we pay 
might be between $200 of performance and upwards of, depending if you have a large auditorium and a lot of people coming to see it, it could be as much as many, many thousands of dollars to do each performance. So how did that work out since you had the royalty paid with uh, Music Theater International or Tams Whitmark or whoever? How did that work to get renew the royalty? So when we canceled last two years ago, we got a refund. And when we finally got the dates and we knew we were going to do it again, we reapplied okay. and they gave us rights again and we paid for it again. And of course, we pay for Slayton House and got our dates locked in for that. So things like that. We had <laughs> the set for the show, we took apart and stored. So for the most part, we, of course, modified the set some and, and added to it. But the set was pretty much put into storage. Props, for the most part, were put into storage. So we've, you know, we've moved stuff back in, added costumes. We've recreated some of them. People held on to them. So it's been a labor of love. The other yep. thing I'll add is that we did a calendar and sold it in, um, what was that, 2020? Yes, and so the calendar will be on sale Friday. We did another one. Oh, and we, that's great. Yes. And we will be making a donation to Leukemia Foundation with some of the profits. I have a question to ask you about the calendar now. Are the, is the production crew on there and the sound people? And the, <laughs> No. Because no, some this, of them I don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the women and the guys in the cast. Uh, okay. And the director's in there. <laughs> and so it's a really nice, on um, the cover shot is the entire production team, but it's it's a really nice calendar. And uh, we hope people will buy it. It's You can order it online at Silhouette Stages, of course, and, and then we'll have them for sale in the lobby. So Where can we get tickets? Silhouette Stages, the website. And at the, and at the door? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And the most important thing, though, you got to have your Vax card with you. You got to show it. And um, they'll take your temperature when you get there. And then your mask are optional. Sounds great. Now, I know looking ahead that Cinderella is coming in, follows uh, Calendar Girls. So yes. what variety of Cinderella can we expect? Is this one? Do we know? It's a Rogers and Hammerstein, and that's all oh, I know about Rogers it. Okay. Yes. There's yes. a lot of new varieties of Cinderella. That's why I yeah. was just asking. But we'll leave that. We'll leave that up to the fates right that's, now. Yeah, that's T, TJ's directing that, and he's starting rehearsals the end of the month. So okay, that's great. So the show is going on with Silhouette. That's for sure. And I'm we, so happy we that are, you are back. back. Yes. Yep. You are back. And then, Mark, we may have to talk to you in Taiwan since you said we could. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we talked to Carolyn's Irish cousin in Ireland just our last show. So, you know, I mean, what's to stop us from talking to you in Taiwan and hearing about your theater experience there and your classes and so forth? The kids are very lucky to have you. And I, I'm really thrilled for that experience for you. But we have you around for the meantime. So I hope I'm going to see you at Calendar Girls and some of the others. Mo, would you be visiting up to see the show? 
We will be, and we are the only show we're going to be able to catch will be the very last performance, three o'clock Sunday afternoon on April 4th. But we will be there with bells on and anything else that makes noise. <laughs> as long as you're not on the calendar, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> this is a good time to remind folks to put this podcast on Facebook. Mark, you can get it on Maryland Theater Guide uh, and uh, to share the news and to remind Connie and, and Mark too, if there's any number that you people should call or website to look at or whatever, this is the time to say it. All right, here's my parting question for each of you. Favorite shows. All right. What's your favorite show, Mark? And it doesn't have to be one you were necessarily in or whatever. But what is your favorite? My favorite show is My Fair Lady. I think it is the perfect musical. Another favorite musical is the Will Rogers Follies. I love the music. I love the Western roping tricks, which I did in Mo Dutter's class. So that's another great show. I can remember Mo practicing those rope tricks in his garage. (laughs) That was visited. Anyway, it was a little scary while he was practicing, I have to tell you. I still have my ropes. Okay, I don't want to know any more about that. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite show? I have two. Music Man, Love Playing Miriam, and Will Rogers, Love Playing Betty Blake. Wow. All right. We crossed. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. Yeah. Mo, what about you? Will Rogers Follies, My Fair Lady, Music Man, and Kiss Me Kate. Wow. Okay. We crossed over again. Check I, it out. I, I, per, I performed in all of them with uh, Music Man and My Fair Lady. I did each of those four times. And uh, each one was a little bit different performance wise. And a little point of information is that uh, My Fair Lady is supposedly, according to the gurus out there, is the most perfect musical that has ever been written. Mm -hmm. Because usually like in Oklahoma, 1942, it's almost like an opera where the action advances during the recitative and then during the aria, it stops. And no, if nothing goes forward, whereas in My Fair Lady, every single song, it doesn't stop like it does in Oklahoma. It continues going. The plot is advanced during every song and then picked up with the dialogue also. So this is a wonderfully written show. Carolyn, give us your favorite show. All right. Mine is Fiddler on the Roof. And oh, it, I Centennial High School's production, or could yes, she choreographed it. And Adam Danheiser recently on Broadway, or could go way back to Zero Mustel. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> All right, mine is a chorus line in Chicago, and I remember you, Miss Connie, in Chicago. So, didn't you? Did you direct that show? Directed it. Yeah, I remember you standing in the back. Yeah, and and you so looked yeah. like one of the parts. But yes, I do. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and also, right, we're going to have to go in just one minute, but let me also give a promotion to the high school theaters here in Howard County. This is Musical Theater Month, and if you want to see good theater, get out and see some of the shows. I happen to know that Wild Lake already did Mamma Mia, but coming up is Hairspray. Athelton's going to do that. Mount Hebron's doing Susicle, and Centennial is doing Pippin. And maybe I'll add that to one of my other favorites as well. But looking at everybody here in front of me, all of you, not y'all, but 
all of you are my favorites in theater here in Howard County. And I'm honored to be with all of you today. I'm so proud of you, Mark, for all that you've done. And Mr. Dutterer gave you a great start. And Connie, I hope that you'll keep directing and then uh, get on stage a little bit too. Can't wait to see Calendar Girls. And Carolyn, she's our promoter. She promotes all good in the arts. So thank you all and Razzle Dazzle Radio. Connect with us. We are Dragon Digital Radio.